Hello, everybody, and welcome to the For the Win podcast. I am your host, as always, on Tuesdays, Charles Curtis, and I am here, uh, and I've had him on a lot, and, and we've also had our own Gridiron Geeks podcast that we sort of transitioned into the Tuesday podcast here, uh, and it's Super Bowl week, so I have to have him on again. It's Stephen Ruiz, our uh, awesome NFL writer. How are you, Stephen? I'm good. Like, today's the first day I've seen sunlight in a while just because I've been holed up watching film of these two teams for the last week. This It turns out that that, that Stephen is like – I always imagine Mel Kuyper, who is, who is ESPN's uh, draft guru, is like in his basement with the lights turned down low, like staring at film. So, like – that was you this weekend. You were just like, you know, you you, you turn the shades, you close the shades, and you just like went at it. Yeah, I had the shades closed and had some music playing just to just to set the mood. <laughs> well, this is really exciting. It's the Super Bowl week. Uh, we got obviously the big game on Sunday. Um, I'm actually going to hang out with Steven in person, which is I believe the second time I've done that, which is nuts. I'm up in New York. He's down in the uh, the the Washington D.C. Baltimore area. Uh, and I, I, we, that'll be exciting, but what's more exciting is Steven, uh, as you just heard, has been staring at film, and he's found some stuff, um, and if you follow him on Twitter, you can find out uh, some of the stuff that he's noticed, which is really cool and insightful. What have you seen so far, uh, and or you know that you, you've, uh, you've noticed that will play uh, a huge role in this game? So I wrote about uh, this on Tuesday morning. Uh, I think the... the the deciding factor in this game is going to come down how, to how well the Patriots defend the Eagles and their run pass options, which is a thing they've been really using throughout the playoffs. Uh, they're averaging like 5.6 yards per play, which is pretty good because run pass options are usually a replacement for just like your standard running play on first down just to get the, just to stay ahead of the chain. So that's pretty good. And Nick Foles is completing 100% of his passes. I think he's thrown 10 so far in the, the two games. So they've really been effective, and they've used they've built off that success and built it into their play-action passing game, which has made them even more dangerous throwing downfield. Uh, so I think the Patriots have to figure that out first and foremost. And if they can't, then I I don't really see them slowing the Eagles down. And then if the Eagles' defense just plays as well as it's capable of playing, it's not going to stop Tom Brady. But if they can just slow him down for maybe a half, like the Falcons did in the Super Bowl last year, then I think the Eagles have a really good chance of winning this game. The one observation that I've seen about the Eagles, um, and I think you've talked about this before, is is their defensive depth. And that maybe the Falcons were kind of tired in the fourth quarter last year, or you know, in the second half, or you know, the momentum shut down. But do you think that's a factor that the Eagles can kind of cycle in guys or that they're able, you know, their front seven is that good that what happened to the Falcons last year won't necessarily happen to the Eagles? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Belichick uh, mentioned this last week. Someone asked him about the Eagles front four, and he said he responded, front four, it's more like a front eight or front nine. That's how deep they go. I wish they were just a front four. And that's the difference between them and Atlanta. Atlanta had really only had like two good pass rushers or three last year. That was uh, Grady Jarrett, uh, Vic Beasley, and Dwight Freeney. The Eagles can throw, like Belichick said, eight at them. Just the, even their two reserve defensive ends could start for most teams. Chris Long, uh, Derek Barnett, so, yeah, I think they're going to be able to rush Tom Brady all all night long without getting tired. The, the thing is, 
will the secondary be able to hold up? And I think they will, because I think the Eagles do a, will do a better job of mixing and matching coverages so they're not overtaxing the secondary like Atlanta did last year, because they played a lot of man coverage, and with man coverage, you kind of have to run with your receiver all over the field, so you're running a lot more than if you're playing zone defense or a mix of the two, and I think the Eagles are going to do a better job of that. But and, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it like playing that against uh, the Patriots uh, possibly a bad idea? A because the, you know Brady can pick apart his own, but B the underneath throws are exactly what he excels at, or is is that kind of keeping them contained uh, and not necessarily you know getting Brady to go downfield? Yeah, I think there's like two school of thoughts with that. There's if you play zone and kind of try to keep him contained, he's he's the the reason why that strategy works against other quarterbacks is because those quarterbacks get greedy and they, they're not patient enough to, to you know, keep dinking and dunking down the field. Brady will do that. He did it against the, the uh, Seahawks in that, that Super Bowl. They were, they, were let, they were content to give him those underneath throws to running backs, and he was taking them all day and eventually took its toll on the Seahawks, and they came back in the fourth quarter. So I think, I think a mix is, an, is a nice way to, to do it, and that's kind of what the Eagles have been doing all season, so they don't really have to change things up. I think they'll play man coverage a lot more than they usually do, but I think they'll mix in zone just to give the defenders a, a breath when they need it. What do you think on the other side of the ball? You know, you talked about the, the you know these, these option plays. Do you think this is sort of Doug Peterson um, uh, changing the offense to fit what Nick Foles excelled in under uh, under Chip Kelly because you know it, it's it's sort of similar right with these these run option plays that, that that was sort of Chip Kelly except he ran it faster right and and again you're you're our guru so correct me if I'm wrong but it seems to me that he's sort of looking at Nick Foles and saying wait that's what he actually did really well with for one season under Chip Kelly yeah I think that's partially true I, they're definitely I think their philosophies are the same where you know the the philosophy of an option play is you don't have to block everyone. You can leave one guy unblocked and you can kind of just read him. So technically the quarterback is blocking him, quote unquote. Uh, and that's the philosophy behind both of those offenses. But the, what Peterson did was take Kelly's, take some of Kelly's concepts and really it was Andy Reid before Peterson. Peterson was a part of his staff in Kansas city. He took those concepts and kind of gave him a pro style makeover and did a better job of disguising them, using different formations, using different, uh, blocking techniques just so defenses couldn't catch on which which was a thing that happened with Kelly and that's kind of why his offense like fell out of favor because defenses started recognizing plays he didn't give it He didn't, I don't think he made enough changes and that's what you need to do at the NFL level just because defenses are so good at picking up on things but but uh, Peterson has done a great job doing that They're, like their RPOs for the Falcons game were looked a lot different from what they look like in the Vikings game. They just week to week, they change them up. And in the the post I wrote on Tuesday, there's a quote from Zach Ertz saying that he, he's saying how he played under Kelly too. He said that Kelly really brought these RPOs to the NFL, but Peterson has, has done a good job of evolving them to the point where defenses aren't going to be able to catch on every week. So I think it's, it's sort of the same, but it's, it's an elevated version of them. And I think the, I think the offense has changed with Foles. I, they were still running those RPOs with Wentz, but I don't think they're taking as many deep shots off of like traditional dropbacks. I think their their like average depth of the target is dropped by like three yards. I saw. 
that seems like a, a good way to combat the, the the good talented cornerbacks on on the Patriots, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's fascinating to me too because that seems to me if you if if you're gonna change up your looks, um, it's the best thing to do against Belichick, who's gonna be looking for every single clue as to how to solve those plays. So if you're changing up your look, maybe that's the way to battle. You know, because to me the big uh, uh, X factor always, and we said it about the Jags game. The Patriots have Bill Belichick, and he's the X factor, uh, and and he can you know s- snuff out any of these these plays by watching tape for two weeks. Yeah, he he kind of made a comment about that. Uh, I'm looking for the exact quote, but it was he says that uh, Peterson does he does what they do well, but not in such a way where there's an overriding tendency where the defense knows exactly what it is. So he's doing a great job of you know throwing people like Bill Belichick off the scent and really there's uh there's not really a lot of answers to to these RPOs Nick Saban has has figured out some solutions that I think that's where I think Belichick might get his uh influence for this game plan from I think if I would be surprised if he didn't call Saban and ask him for some tips Saban does some interesting things there it's kind of simple but not really but I think if he uses those, that might be able to help, like throw off Nick Foles when he's making these quick reads, and then that would help the Patriots just stick around. I think they're going to really need a lot of help just because their front seven is going to be so overmatched against the Eagles' offensive line, which is probably the best in football. Which is crazy because they they dealt with injuries there, and I also think it's crazy that we're talking about you know uh, Bill Belichick needing to pick the mind of of arguably the best you know I don't think it's even arguable, but the the best college coach in the nation, and it's like. Ah, the evil empire gets, you know, gets more help, you know, like Doug Peterson can't call up Nick Saban, but, you know, I don't know if he needs to, but it's, uh, it's just like, oh, man, like, you know, the Patriots get another slight advantage because Bill Belichick's pals with, with Saban. At least, yeah, they've been friends since the 80s. Right. Been exchanging defensive strategies since then. Uh, it's, it's, and it's great. Hey, like, you know, they're, they're both winners. You, you can't fault them for that. It seems to me and it sounds to me like you're – you're high on the Eagles winning this game. Do I have that correct? I mean, we kind of hinted at it last week, but you, you, I think you're on that that bandwagon, right? Yeah, I, I've been leaning towards the Eagles this whole time. I, I, the only reason I picked the Patriots is just because they're the Patriots. Like, I, I can't really think of another reason besides, like, if I saw this was analyzing this game in a vacuum and didn't know Brady's and Belichick's legacy, I'd say, oh, the Eagles should be the overwhelming favorite in this game. But they're the Patriots, and they have that lore, and I. It's hard to it's hard to ignore. Oh wow! So you you would say on paper the Eagles are an overwhelming favorite on the. Patriots. I would say if I if I was Vegas I'd probably set it at, I'd probably just flip the line right now I'd probably set the Eagles at a five point favorite. Holy cow! Stephen Reese yeah. on our podcast <laughs> uh, who is our NFL writer is is giving the Eagles overwhelming odds. To beat the Patriots, but I agree with you. I know what you're saying, though. Um, I just think it's hilarious because I think there are a lot of listeners who be like, "What? Like, really? Like the Patriots?" And and that's the thing. Like, and I've said this about the Patriots before, and 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 I think I said it last week. They're Tiger Woods, right? So what happens is when you when you played Tiger Woods in your prime, you started changing up your your golf strategy, right? You'd sit there. If you're, if, I don't know, Phil Mickelson likes to. Is, is, I don't know if he's a great example because he really likes to take risks general but it seemed to me like you'd sit there and say you know i really i can see tiger you know coming back on this shot and and totally 
you know, beating me here. So I've got to change up what I got to do. I got to be more aggressive. I got to, you know, be less aggressive, whatever it might be. And that, to me, that's what happened to the Falcons last year is they, they overthought it. It's what you said happened to the Jags in the second half last week. And I kind of wonder, will it happen to the Eagles? And obviously, this is not necessarily something we can predict. But, you know, it'll be really interesting to see if the Patriots, let's say the Eagles are up at halftime and the Patriots, you know, kind of chip away at the lead in the second half. If we can see the Eagles doing the same thing, changing up strategy, or the opposite might happen where they stick to whatever they're doing and it stops working because the Patriots make those great halftime adjustments. Is that, do you think that's in the, in the cards at all? Yeah, I think that's always something you have to think about with the Patriots. They, uh, team, they never buckle. Like it doesn't, they're down 28 to three and they just keep playing hard. I, I totally agree with that. The thing is, when I think about the game and think about the possible outcomes, I don't see the Patriots blowing the Eagles out. I just can't see a scenario other than Nick Foles just having a total meltdown, throwing like five interceptions. But I could see the Eagles blowing out the Patriots, actually. I could see them getting out to this, the same start that the, uh, the Falcons did last year, and just but not letting up like the Falcons did because they have that depth and they're not going to get tired. That's so fascinating, and, yeah. I, I yeah. just uh, wonder, and they're committed that. to the running game, so and that's another factor. Yeah, and I, I kind of wonder about that. And and to me, the other thing is right, like not that the the Falcons depended so heavily on Matt Ryan, but Matt Ryan is obviously a better quarterback. They had a balanced um, uh, offense. The Falcons did. The Eagles, to me, can run the ball a lot. We've seen the Patriots be vulnerable uh, defensively throughout the year. So what's going to have to happen is. Uh, the Patriots are going to have to put up some points, and we know they can. Um, but to me, I, I can see that, like with you, a twenty to, you know, like a twenty to ten kind of scenario where the the Patriots are suddenly down, and you know, I think the Patriots would welcome that in a way. The funny thing is, by the way, we're talking about you know the line a little bit. It's dropped from I think it opened up at five and a half, and now it's down to four. I'm I'm still taking the points. I still think this is a really close game. Yeah, the Patriots always play close Super Bowls too. Oh, they, yeah. they haven't blown out anyone in the Super Bowl. They, the biggest blowout and is probably the Eagle, the first Eagles game. It wasn't really a blowout. They ended up winning by three, but they were in control the whole time. All the other Super Bowls, they were never really in control until the end. So what's your what's your final score prediction? What do you got? Right, uh, This isn't official, but right now <laughs> I'm going Philadelphia 27, New England 20. Okay, I th- that's interesting. That's that that'll that'll blow out the spread. Subject to change. Right. Subject okay. Change. All right. Well, we'll we'll put an asterisk on that one. I will go Patriots. I, you know what's funny is I really liked the Madden score, Madden simulation score. They they simulated the game and it ended up with Patriots twenty four, Eagles twenty. That feels to me like a pretty good one. And if it's anything above that, I think we'll have a really wild game. Like I would love to see like a thirty three to thirty, but I don't think it's going to be. That crazy because I think you got Belichick on one side and you have the Eagles defense on the other. Even though I think the Eagles secondary is still suspect. Yeah, it, it, it's gotten better, but yeah, you're right. I think that's if you're going to pick out a weak point, I think it's either the linebackers or or the secondary. Yep, it's exactly. definitely not the defensive line. I, I think yeah. one thing one thing we should point out about the difference between this Super Bowl and last Super Bowl, the Patriots front seven isn't nearly as talented as it was. They lost Dante Hightower to an injury. Chris Long is gone. So really, they're down to. I mean, they signed James Harrison for a reason. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they need all the help they can get rushing the passer. Yeah, I don't know if James Harrison is going to be a huge factor. I I did read somewhere a while ago that that his big 
his big factor is that he's like a run. He like you know he knows how to hold the edge on a run, which is going to be mm-hmm. a factor. You know, so maybe you don't see him pass. You know, you don't see him have a hundred yard uh, interception return, but maybe you see him make a few key tackles on JJ. Yeah, and I think I think uh, another interesting like X's and O thing is on the other side of the ball is how much does Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator for Philly, how much does he blitz Tom Brady? Because it, usually you don't blitz Tom Brady just because he's so smart. He's going to recognize it before the snap and make all the necessary adjustments then just exploit the blitz. But I've been watching some clips of, of Schwartz talking about his influence uh, from Belichick because he coached, he was on his staff in Cleveland. And one of the things he mentioned was if the team has a bad offensive line, you, you rush five, you blitz, you blitz a bad offensive line. And the Patriots offensive line isn't all that great. And he also said, if you can't cover their backs, then you make sure they stay in protection. And you do that by sending extra guys. So they have to block. And the Patriots obviously have a mismatch there with Deion Lewis, James White against the Eagles linebackers. I think that's a mismatch they're going to attack. So I think on one hand, it makes a lot of sense for the Eagles to blitz this game, but on the other Blitzing Tom Brady is always a dangerous proposition. So it's going to be interesting to see how Schwartz plays this. Does he does he play aggressively? Does he sit back? Is it a mix? I'm really interested to see how that happens. If it, if it's me, I'm rushing four, and I'm I'm you know I'm sort of spreading my linebackers out. So so right. Mm-hmm. So you get which means uh, which I called uh, what two weeks ago the James the big James White game turned out to be like a big mix of of the two of them catching out of the backfield with Lewis. Um, I'd like to see that happen because I think that keeps everybody contained. And it could be another James White 12-catch uh, marathon. Um, and we'll get into, because, you know, obviously, you know, he, he was a potential MVP candidate. We'll get to that in a second. First, we have to talk about something else, uh, uh, which is that not only do we have the Super Bowl coming up, but it's Valentine's Day coming up, which is crazy that it's almost February. Really exciting. I've got to get my wife something. Uh, uh, Steven, are, you know, you, you got to make plans, right? Yeah, I have to do something with my girlfriend. <laughs> there you go. So um, here's an idea uh, for a gift from our friends at Pro Flowers. Uh, Pro Flowers and Sherry's Berries have teamed up to help you really impress your Valentine this year with their perfectly paired collection. Go ahead and think inside the box this Valentine's Day. This really is a one-of-a-kind gift. Your flowers and dipped strawberries will arrive together in a beautiful, specially designed box that will keep your flowers fresh and your berries cold, guaranteed. Right now... For the Win listeners who are listening to this podcast can save 20% on any one of their perfectly paired combinations or any other gift above $29 with the promo code for the win. So there's only one way to get 20% off a perfectly paired gift over $29 featuring these beautiful blooms from Pro Flowers and freshly dipped strawberries from Sherry's Berries. Just visit proflowers.com today and enter the code for the win at checkout. That's proflowers.com code for the win. And on we go with Stephen Ruiz. Uh, uh, and and uh, happy Valentine's Day in advance to you and, and uh, your significant other. Here's uh, what we want to talk about next is uh, a little bit of uh, Super Bowl props, which I think we're going to do later this week on on the interweb. So look out for that. Um, I wanted to start off with one that I've been I've been like thinking about the last three days, which is the odds on on who's going to win MVP. And obviously Tom Brady's at the top, but I don't think Tom Brady wins this one this year. Um, a, if you think the Eagles are going to win. Um, you got to pick somebody else. Um, mm-hmm. But if the Patriots do win, I am so like huge on on like Rob Gronkowski 
having the game of his life, assuming he's healthy. Um, and right now he's got, you know, he's plus 85, uh, 850 uh, there, and I like the odds. Um, is there anybody on, I know if you've seen the list, um, is there anybody you are sort of like intrigued by? Yeah, I'm going into these a little cold, so if there's any indecision, pardon me. But yeah, I, I like the Rob Gronkowski pick. Uh, and then I would go Fletcher Cox if I was going to pick an Eagles Ooh, player. I like that. Just because I think defensive linemen, just pass rushers, have a good chance of impacting the game. Von Miller won it a couple years ago. Michael Bennett probably would have won it if the Seahawks had beaten the Patriots in 2014, I think it was. So, I yeah, I like that. I think he's really the key to the Eagles slowing down the Patriots. So that's those are my two picks based on who you think is going to win the game. I really like the Gronk pick, though. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I I think like this is this is primed to be like a Gronk two touchdown kind of game. Um, on the Eagles side of things, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's a Nick Foles. I feel like the the you know if there's like a pick for the field, and there is, and it's it's you know uh, two thousand like that might be a really good pick. Just because, mm-hmm. and there are, there are guys listed on here from from the the, the Eagles, but I I don't know. Is there is there a um, oh god who is the linebacker from the Tampa Bay Bucks who won it? It was an, an Escape. No, it was a safety, Dexter Jackson. Safety, right, Dexter Jackson, right. So, like, is there one of those in here who is somebody who picks off Brady twice or forces a fumble? Mm-hmm. Like, that that might be a pick. But I like that Fletcher Cox pick if he ends up with, like, three sacks or something like that. Um, and also, the Danny Amendola uh, sort of train, to me, is, is is pulling to the station. He's plus 1,800. Uh, given what we saw in the, the game, he's playing the, the Julian Edel uh, in the uh, AFC Championship game. He's playing the... Dan- the um, Julian Edelman role, and so I could see mm-hmm. him having another big game, uh, especially against that secondary. So, all right, those are those are two good, pretty good picks. Um, is there another uh, a prop bet that you've been considering in the five minutes we've been talking about this? <laughs> There's the what color will Bill Belichick's shirt be at kickoff? Oh yeah, that's a tough. The one. odds on favorite is blue, and then next is gray, and then we have red and white. I think he wore red the year they lost to the Giants the first time. If I, I think I remember that correctly. I think he was wearing red when they were undefeated. So I don't think he's ever going to wear that again. Yeah, no, he's Because he strikes me as a super uh, superstitious kind of guy. He picked the, the Patriots picked to wear uh, the white jerseys this year, even though they're a home team and they're undefeated in white jerseys. So I think, I think that has some superstition behind it, that choice. So I don't think he's going to wear the red. The blue, I think blue is the choice, even though it's, uh, it's four to five odds. I would still take I would take those odds. I take blue. I'm going gray. I just feel like that's his like go to, right? Like the gray hoodie over the over the cutoff, you know, with the cutoff mm-hmm. sleeves. I, I it's three to two odds. It's not I wouldn't necessarily throw money on that, but yeah. Uh he's definitely not wearing white to match the team. I don't think he's ever I can't remember the last time he's worn white. Um, he's not. He's definitely not wearing white. He's not dressing like a painter. <laughs> it's either blue or gray i'll go with gray you'll go with blue all right that's that's cool um i'm also i'm also intrigued by uh um how how many times giselle will be shown on tv which is uh the over is 1.5 the unders you know over under is 1.5 i tend to think that that you know you get a one and this is the thing right is it during the whole broadcast including like the celebration because either way one she's getting yeah, shown during the game Right, she's definitely getting shown like there's Giselle with her family in the you know here you know up there, and then two, maybe they'll show her stunned if they you know if there's a crazy ending with Brady or if the Patriots win, she's getting shown for sure, um, embracing him whatever. So I I'm taking the over and I think that's easy money. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. He's, she's definitely being shown 
post game if they win. If they win, I think but I don't think they're going to win. So maybe yeah, you know, I'm going to go under actually because I don't think they're going to win. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm sticking with, with the Eagles. I still think like there's a situation where like and there's a crestfallen Giselle up in the you know like, <laughs> up in the, in the uh, up in the booth. So that you know that's a, that's a possibility. Um, uh, will Al Michaels, who, who notoriously will talk about um, uh, gambling on the air, will he refer to the spread of the game? Yes is uh, plus 110, no is uh, minus 150. Ooh, that's a good question. I'm going with no. I just Yeah, I'm going to go with no, too. Yeah, I just don't think he's going to do it during during the Super Bowl. I, I just don't know. I'm not feeling it where, like, and that's that's a touchdown that covers, you know, or, I don't know, betters in Vegas will, yeah, no. It's only if, if like, a crazy backdoor cover situation happens, which we've seen, uh, like, a meaningless play ends up making the difference I, I otherwise even then i don't even think because it's the end of the game so he's going to be focused on who just won the championship right. yeah so i agree i would go no what other any other ones that you've uh you've the number done? of tweets by donald trump oh yeah i wanted to address before. this one too what do you got i mean this it's not even super bowl tweets so i think you got to go over I, I don't really pay attention to his feed but what i from what i've from what i know he tweets a lot and then the Super Bowl is happening, so I, I, I'm good. It's the over unders at, at five. I'm That's gonna go. That's a lot, though. Okay. That's a lot of tweets. That's a lot. I How much say. does he tweet? Let me. I'm gonna <laughs> even use some. We're breaking it down. Let's see okay. I wrote about this, so while you're looking it up, I'm gonna break down what I kind of said about this um, uh, because there were Trump related. Um, uh, another site did a bunch of other ones, and I thought that the over under there was like two and a half or three. And my philosophy is this, right? Like. Whatever happens, no matter what happens during the national anthem, there will be, there will be talk of this, um, and there will be tweets from him like, "Look, nobody, nobody kneeled," or everybody, you know, there are, you know, what disrespect. I think he'll end up with three during that, and maybe, just maybe, he tweets about uh, the Patriots if they win. Congratulations. Um, oh, he definitely will. So, and what's interesting to me about that is right, like Robert Kraft has called him out, uh, I think, before uh, at some point this season. Um, but overall, I think he still sticks to the message that they're pals and, you know, Tom Brady's his friend and all that. So I think there's one there. I'm taking the under of five, but I'd take the over of two and a half or three. How's your research? Yeah, I, so he's he's tweeted 15 times over the last three days. So that's an average of five. So Vegas knows what it's doing. He tweeted seven times on January 26th. He <laughs> tweeted five times on January 27th. Oh, so it's during on February fourth. Oh, oh. Yeah, so it's the whole I day. It. Okay, yeah, that's you got to take the over. I'm with you. I've changed my I'm, mind. I was yeah. talking about specific Super Bowl. I think it was the 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 site had done how many tweets during the Super Bowl broadcast, and I I said you take the over on on two and a half or three. Do would you agree with that? Yeah, I think he gives us. Uh, yeah, I'd say he gives us three. Okay. Especially if the Patriots win, I think that's the. I think that's a ceiling on actual game time tweets. What? Where's your? Where do you land on Pink uh, with the, the Super Bowl national anthem? Does she? Does she go over two or under? I have no idea. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know about Pink's style, and I, I, I honestly don't even know like what the average time is for the national anthem. Um, I I think it's 140. I, would I think say. she'll go under. I think she'll go under. I think she she'll go under. That's even so. money, which means that Vegas is kind of you know doing that. Um, uh, that's really funny. Um, any other football ones that we should mention? Um, 
I think it's it, oh, how many times will Janet Jackson be mentioned during the broadcast? That's a over zero times. What's that? Zero times. Yeah, zero times. I'm with you. One point five. I I mean, I called for her to be on in in on the, the the halftime show that that you know Justin Timberlake brings her up as a as a guest. I think that would blow up the internet. I really want it to happen. Um, that said, she won't necessarily be mentioned um, unless unless okay. So let's say we all get surprised. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think Janet Jackson's going to be at the Super Bowl halftime show in any capacity. But let's just say that she is. Maybe after um, <laughs> after the the commercial break, you get you know back to Al Michaels or or you know the guy saying, "Hey, and Janet Jackson's there." But that's once they're mentioning her once. I'm taking the under, which is uh, minus one forty. Yeah, I agree with you. And there's one more. Uh, actually, there's two more that I like. Yeah. Kickoff temperature in Minnesota. Ooh. What's Which that? one's higher, kickoff temperature or total points scored in the first quarter? Uh, that's a tough one. I mean, we have to look up the. You want to look up? I'll look up the weather in. Uh, it's in, thirteen in the, degrees there now. Okay. Yeah, so you got to you got to figure it. Sunday, ten there. degrees. Ten degrees Sunday. Ten degrees that's Sunday. The high. That's the high. Oh God. Uh, and so that's at night in the evening hours. So maybe it'll land around six. Uh, I, I'm no, I'm no uh, meteorologist. Um, <laughs> six points. I'll take the, I'll take the over. I'll take the over because I feel like if it's seven seven by the end of the end of the first half, right? Like Same that's doable. Fourteen. Yeah. yeah I, 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 the Patriots haven't have never scored in a first quarter in the Super Bowl. Oh, see, that's a little fun fact to, to, to file away, betters. Um, yeah, that's really weird. And also, by the way, Tom Brady, I just saw a stat is like his second quarter is the best. He he throws all kinds of touchdowns. In the second, yeah. Second uh, quarter. Uh, I'm going. I'm with you though. I'm going with the points. Yeah. Score more than I think it's gonna. It might be down to six by the time kickoff happens, and I I think one touchdown. You're, you're good. And then one more point scored by the Patriots. Which which number is gonna be higher? Points scored by the Patriots or points and assists recorded by Kyrie Irving versus the Trailblazers? Uh, that's a really good one too. And and it was points by the it, it's points by the the Patriots, Patriots. total. I think that's a no-brainer. It's Kyrie, right? Yeah, it has to I be. He the doesn't guys... get a lot of assists, but he's going to put up points. And Damon, Damian Lillard doesn't really play a lot of defense. So, All right, so philosophically speaking, or, or numerically speaking, we've got tw- he averages nearly 25 a game and averages five assists a game. So that's, that's 30 right there. I don't think the Patriots are scoring more than 27 points. I'd agree with that. Yeah. So I'm capping limit, and so like, yeah, I, and I, I don't know, yeah, and and Willard isn't that great defensively. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it, that's that's another easy money pick. Yeah, that's uh, there's a lot. I, I feel like Vegas wants you to feel like these are easy picks, and that's how they get you. Yeah. But I feel like all of these are easy. I the bunch that we going to Vegas. Out, here's Sunday. another here's another easy one, and we'll, and we'll finish up in a few. Will Tom Brady's jersey be stolen again? The, 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 the yes is plus 150. The, the no is minus 200. I don't know how you don't bet no on this one. They There was an article last week that was like, oh, there's extra security now or extra you know new measures that they've taken to protect against that happening. And there is no way his jersey's getting stolen again. That's just not happening. If you're Tom Brady, do you like let it get stolen and put like your total salary on, on that bet? I mean, that's a... Maybe is it too late for us to get credentials to the game? And <laughs> and, and also that right there, that right there is like a movie. Okay, that's like that's that's that that right there is the plot to to a movie. Oh my goodness. Um, 
All right, I think that's all from us. Uh, anything, any other props you want to add, or, or Stephen, uh, anything else? No. To add? no, I'm good for right now. Uh, go read my story on the Eagles RPOs and Belichick's defense against them. It's it's in depth, but I think it's it's for people that just want to know what an RPO is because it's something you're going to hear a lot on Sunday. But it's also there's also a lot of stuff there for people that probably already know what it is and just want to know how the Patriots might defend it. I agree. These are great things. You should read them. You should also follow Steven on Twitter. He does some great film breakdown there. So everybody enjoy the Super Bowl, and we'll be back uh, 